morning. We're here in Colorado Springs. My name's Brent. I'm with uh, Mr. John Shuck. Um, the scripture I wanted to read is out of Matthew chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I also, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. And um, this is the scripture that the Lord keeps speaking to me um, when I put on this hat every day and I wear it to work, wear it to events with my children, wear it everywhere I go. And um, is Matthew 10:32 um, as a reminder um, why I'm here. Um, and uh, my testimony that began when I was little of uh, how the Lord saved me and asked me when I was, when I was nine is, did I want to come home earlier or do I want to do the Lord's work here on the earth? And I ignored that for a really long time, but um, we each have to make a decision. Um, and and the gray area is disappearing. It's becoming very very black and white. Is um, what I keep seeing. And uh, uh, what is your decision today? Uh, God bless you. Colorado Springs today, fifth Friday of the month. I am in this part of Colorado. <clears throat> I got my earplugs in so I can't hear myself talk, so I hope I'm talking. <laughs> you see my mouth moving. You know, I apologize for uh, yesterday's scripture short. There was no audio. It was audio when I recorded it, but when I uploaded it, uh, somehow or another the audio was deleted and there's no way I could have put audio with it because uh, don't know why it's called glitches or problems uh, the technology is not perfect and even after all this time technology is still not perfect just like every mechanical thing is not perfect there's only one thing that's really perfect and that is Jesus Christ but Jesus gave us perfect love in perfect love, it casts out all kinds of fear, all kinds of problems, but perfect love. The love of God is perfect. P-E-R-F-E-C-T. God said we are to be perfect. 
as he is perfect. We are be holy as he is holy. Things like that. And that's why so many people say, well, I'm not perfect. Well, you should be. You should stop saying that. You're to work in that direction. To say, I'm not perfect, that's obvious. But I'm working on it. I'm growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. One day I will be absolutely perfect or something like that. Just change your phraseology. Quit cursing yourself. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, you've already cursed yourself. You're condemned already, the Bible says. So in that condemnation, in that condemning, and just say, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. That's what my prayer was. I didn't know Jesus was real or not, but uh, he is. He made himself known to me about 50 years ago. Next year will be 50 years. I understand the audio is horrible because I'm outside on the street. I'm not in a building, I'm not in some protected environment. I'm a street preacher, a minister on the streets. And so this is where I do my sermons. But in church, it's a whole lot different. We have a church building, I preach in church also. It's a whole lot different. I don't need earplugs in church, and I don't need to yell at church because everybody can hear me, which is <laughs> fine. Whenever I, and whenever it's my turn to preach, you know, and uh, everyone listens, sort of, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can come to Colorado Springs, and uh, we'll be able to lift up a banner like I've already done. Uh, we've already had Brent uh, speak to us. I praise God for Brent. He's uh, a mighty man of God that's growing. God is blessing him in a mighty, mighty way because he's given his life to God. Those who hold on to their life, God's not, I know you're not blessing them. You're wanting to, but uh, you're blessing Brent. And I thank you, Lord. He is a mighty blessing in many, many people's lives. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in his life. And we just pray the blood of Jesus Christ over Brent as he travels uh, north back to uh, Denver and on into, Colorado, into Boulder. I uh, thank you, Lord, for allowing him to bring me down to Colorado Springs. What a blessing that was. And uh, meet uh, uh, Renee. I say, Lord, I just pray the blood of Jesus Christ over Renee and her work. She's working right now. We got a chance to pray over her and pray over Starbucks and pray over a wreck that we saw. A lot of great ministry already gone forth, and we haven't even started preaching and ministering yet. But everywhere we go, every minute of our day is filled with ministry. Filled with ministry. I've already passed out so many tracks, I had to ask Brent, Lord. Lord, I repent for not bringing extra tracks with me. I didn't, uh, I didn't do it when you asked me to do that. I just spaced out, and I apologize. But Brent gave me a few of his tracks. So I thank you, Lord, that you have supplied seed to the sower. And uh, we just dedicate this sermon and this message in this city and the south gate of Colorado Springs to your glory, Father, in your name, Jesus. Yeah, so the Lord said, don't forget to bring extra tracks. And I was busy doing some. And, you know, that's still small voice. If you're too busy with detail of life, uh, you're not going to hear the voice of God. And I was busy doing things, uh, worldly things, you know, take care of the house and get things, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, just putting the house together so I could come to Colorado Springs. But I don't like to come home when it's messy. I make my bed and I clean everything up and I do the dishes, everything looks nice. So when I come home, everything looks nice and clean and tidy and neat. But while I was doing that, the Lord quickened to me to make sure you put an extra pack of tracks, a pack is 25 tracks, in your backpack, in your day pack. And uh, I said, yes, sir. I said yes, and I just kind of didn't do anything about it. You know, you can say yes and not do anything about it. You can say yes to Jesus, but never catch mess of his Lord. 
you know? It's just really serious. Uh, uh, obey the Lord. And uh, so I'm praying now that I'll be able to freely give away as many gospel tracts as I want and not fear of running out. You know? I just can't run home. I'm long ways, many, many hours from home. I was, we left the house at 5 o'clock this morning. And uh, so about 8.30, we got to our corner, 8.20, 8.15, something like that. And I'll be here till 3.30 today, and I'll catch the 4.15 uh, Bustang Colorado State bus back to uh, Denver. Then I'll catch the uh, RTD FF1 uh, coach on in from Denver to Boulder, and I'll be home probably 9, 9.30, maybe even 10 o'clock, but somewhere around the 9 o'clock hour uh, for five, six, seven, eight, yeah, probably nine o'clock by the time I get home. So I've been going since four this morning and uh, I'll get home at nine and go to bed at 10. So what are you doing for the Lord? I mean, it's a serious question because uh, what I'm doing for God is not gonna help you. You've got to help yourself, mind your own business, tend to your own business. That's what the scripture says. Let me get some more coffee. Let me set this down. So I think my microphone is finally wearing out. Uh, it's uh, really becoming crackly and wore out. I did buy a replacement here several months ago thinking it was gonna break on me. And uh, uh, that could be why the scripture shows because I just listened to the scripture show. I just uploaded it just now. I thought, well, let me put it up online now. Uh, scripture short 121 here in Colorado Springs. I talked about a uh, vow and uh, but that audio was really bad too, so this might be the last time I can use this microphone because I've been using it now for almost a thousand videos. <laughs> so it's pretty old, pretty wore out. Surprised it's been lasting this long, uh, but it has. I was just gonna use it till it I wasn't usable anymore because they're like, I don't know, they're like $80 a piece. And, uh, that's a lot of money. Right above our camera, back a few feet on that street sign, it says Southgate Road. So this is Southgate, and that's where God put me. I'm gonna put you in the south gate of the city of Colorado Springs. That's where I want you to preach. And uh, last time I was here, uh, the Lord said, look up. And I started looking up, and all of a sudden I noticed the sign right above me where I lift my banner. It says Southgate. I tried to catch it on the camera. But if you rewind it and look at it, it says Southgate. Across the street, there is no Southgate. That's Cheyenne. But he said, I'm going to put you at Southgate. How about that? I'll give you another testimony of uh, Mark 16, verse 20. In fact, let's just read that real quick. Because I, I'm not doing it short. Mark 16, verse 20. And uh, this is the part that people say is not in the Bible. But man added it. It's a lie. But people believe lies. Whatever. Verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. That's the last verse of the book of Mark, chapter 16. The Lord confirms his word with signs following. If you're not, if the word that you're delivering does not have signs following, therefore, there might be a couple problems going on because it says here that he will confirm his word with signs following. 
So I'm always looking for the signs. I'm always aware. I'm not looking for the signs to be following the signs because the signs are behind me. But when the sign happens, I can see it. I, I recognize it as a sign from God, right? And uh, giving, I'm using this as an example here. And the example is uh, when I was putting my camera gear together here to do my video, I just did my hello with my banner. I just lifted my banner. The banner's laying right here. And the Lord said, uh, uh, I want, to, want you to put Brent on the camera first. I said, all right. So I started getting her. I saw him standing across the street. There. He had to get, get my extra tracks that he had in his cart. And, uh, and then, uh, so I said, okay. And so I was putting on my gear together getting, so I'd be ready because he has to get back to work. Uh, so over there, the Lord says, I want you to be on camera. And he gave him a Bible verse. <laughs> and so when I said, Brent, come over here. I want you to be on camera. He just couldn't believe it. So we could, I shared what, after the camera, after what he said, you saw it earlier. I'll put it right after the, right the, before I do my talk. And uh, it's amazing. So Brent had a confirming word, the sign following, that he heard the word of God. The word of God. I also received a sign. I heard the word of God. What happens? That's how you know God is talking to you. But if it never happens, that wasn't God speaking to you. Sorry. I don't care how many goosebumps you get, or how giddy you get, or how much you cry. If God didn't tell you that, it won't happen. That's all your spirit. That's your flesh. That's your emotions that is talking to you. Right? Because our conscience has a voice. Our conscience is the voice of our spirit. That's why you don't want to sear your conscience. That's what happens to people. That's why they really can't be born again because they can't even hear inside them because their conscience is seared, like, you know, you sear, you know, like a cover, like a, a hardness over their conscience. And uh, you want to keep a tender and soft conscience, voice of your spirit. All right? Praise God. Man, oh man. It's going to be hot today. But uh, God bless you, man. This is a great place because all the metro buses, all the buses of Colorado Springs go by here. A lot of buses, lots and lots of buses go into this part of town. A lot of police officers go by here. And uh, this southern gate, they come over this hill on the highway. This is the Canadian American Highway 115. So they come over the hill, and the first thing they see is Jesus Christ on my banner as they look to the skyscrapers of Colorado Springs right over there and that's Interstate 25 that's the north-south corridor Interstate 25 right up there about five six blocks and uh, then up this way is the famous uh, uh, hotel lodge oh, forget the name right. then just uh, back here off to the left a little bit is uh, Nicholas Tesla's laboratory. When he was had that all that work that he did in Colorado Springs, it's just right up here. I went over and looked at it. Now his stuff is not there anymore, but the hill that he was on, his laboratory's on, that hill is still there, obviously. And uh, they have a museum there. It's kind of interesting, uh, Nicholas Tesla. All right, so let's get into our scriptures. So we're in the Sunday prayer letter called the. Uh, they were tent makers. And uh, that's in Acts 18, verse 3. 
and we're in this theme called Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, Worship. I hope I'm coming in okay with my audio. I'm doing the best I can, man. I, I need to upgrade, but that just comes as time goes on. When God sees fit to upgrade, He upgrades. <clears throat> so uh, this is Friday and Saturday, so I'm going to do Friday and Saturday sermon because I don't preach on Saturday. Saturday's my day off and my Sabbath in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is Acts 18, verse 19 to 28. 19 to 28 will do. So uh, since it's so long, uh, what I'll do is I'll just kind of read and talk as I go along. Uh, I think that'll work all right. All right, so verse 18, the King James Bible. And Paul, after this, tarried there yet a good while. He stayed 18 months there. And then took his leave of the brethren and sailed thence into Syria. And with him, Priscilla and Aquila, having shorn his head, shorn is to shave your head, shorn, shave your head, in Centuria, uh, 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 or however you pronounce it, C-E-N-C-H-E-R-E-A, Centuria, for he had a vow. Uh, he had a vow. That's why I did the scripture short. He had a vow. So vows, I, in fact, let's go, we're going to talk about a vow just for a little bit. V-O-W, a vow. A vow is a, a, a very powerful commitment or a contract or a, of a sort that you have agreed to be with, with God. It's kind of like a coming together and a solidifying or a, uh, like an agreement that can't be broken. A vow is very, very important. You don't want to make vows. I learned that the hard way, and I am very aware of when people speak to me if people make vows or not. Sometimes I'll see someone make a vow, and they'll, you know, because out of their spirit, out of your mouth, out of your heart, your mouth speaks, and I hear people speak, and I bet what you, it's like you can't say anything about them because that vow is so important to them. Uh, my mom made a vow to hate God because of what's going on. It's just horrible. For eventually, it took, but it took her whole life. She lived in that vow, and that vow opened the way of Satan. So there's a good vow and a bad vow. You know, I have vowed to give my whole life to the ministry when I got to Boulder, when I retired. I committed my entire life to serving God. That was a vow I made to the Lord. Okay, and just letting you know. So that's a good vow. But I'm held accountable to that vow. Now, if I said, well, I'm, not, I'm done, God. I'm going to go play now. I tell you, the consequences of breaking your vow is very severe. Very severe. Uh, so you don't want to make a vow lightheartedly. And if you've made a vow, you better start praying to God to repent of that vow if you're not living that vow. So oftentimes, when you make a vow to God, you want to do something in your life to kind of signify to God uh, of that vow and to yourself. For example, uh, I started growing this beard. Next month will be 24 months that I committed myself for breakthrough of our street ministry, our missionary church. And so that's what this, uh, I call it a fasting of my shaving. But more specifically, it could be a symbol to God of my vow. So in the Bible, some people have shaved their beards, uh, some people have shaved their head, sometimes they cut their beard, I mean, different things to signify to God. And that's where I get the verse in 
the Bible about how men treated their beard in relation to their vow to God. And it's a very difficult subject to teach on because there's not a lot of verses on it. But I do have a few, a few verses here. I want to go over to Genesis 28, verses 18 and 22. Verses Genesis 28. Uh, Genesis 28 is the first time the word vow uh, God used in the word of God. Verse uh, 18 in chapter 28. And uh, it says here, And Jacob, this is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob. This is before Jacob had any children. This is just him by himself when his name was still Jacob, which later on God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And that's why the country Israel is named after Jacob, which is his uh, newer, uh, you know, changed name. Okay. So it says here in verse 18, and Jake, uh, 18, and Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and he set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. Verse 19, and he called the name of that place Bethel, Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. Verse 20, and Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Very important. That's a very serious vow that Jacob made to God. And he set up an altar and he, he, he established a covenant, a vow to God. And we know in scripture that God fulfilled Jacob's vow. Absolutely wonderful. And so uh, let's go to another verse, Genesis 31. 13. 31, 13. Here's 31, 13. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, go thee out from this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. You see, God fulfilled the vow way back when Jacob made that vow. God will fulfill the vows in our lives if they're godly, God-given vows. Uh, all too often, though, Satan comes in our life and we make a vow based on our flesh and it becomes a stronghold in our life. And that stronghold will take you down. You've got to break that vow because that vow is a vow to the God of this world, not a vow to God. I see that. I've seen it. I've done it. Didn't know it. Didn't know I was doing it because nobody teaches it. Nobody teaches the Word of God, all the counsel of God. That's what makes me so angry so many times. Pastors don't teach all the counsel of God. They may say I'm teaching the whole Bible, but they really don't. They teach what sounds good, which tickles people's ears, that makes them come back to church. So they bring their paycheck with them. 
Let's go to Acts 21, 23. And that'll be the last verse on vow. 21, 23. Let me check this camera one more time. Still don't believe it. I still, still keep thinking it's going to turn off on me. 21, uh, what was it? 21, oh boy, 21, uh, 23, 21, 23. Do therefore this that we say to thee. We have four men which have a vow on them. Them take and purify thyself with them and be at charges with them that they may shave their heads. See, there's another verse right there talking about vow, how men will shave their heads. And all may know that those things whereof they were informed concerning thee are nothing but that thou thy thought but thou thyself also walkest orderly and keepest the law a lot going on there i'm not going to teach on it but there's another part about a vow and shaving the head so uh, i've never been instructed by the holy spirit to shave my hair but i've asked i have, i'm not ashamed to follow the word of god but that's why i've grown a beard many many times through my ministry because it's like my uh, agreement of what the Lord brought to me. Like right now, last two years ago in October, uh, when I started growing the beer, I, I, I knew that to overcome the barriers that Satan has set up to stop our street ministry and stop our church but growing uh, was from Satan, that I needed to do something very serious. And so I made a commitment to the Lord and began growing the beard. We haven't, break, no breakthrough yet. But am I gonna quit? Am I gonna give up? No, I walk by faith. I walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Hang on a second. Have a glass of coffee. God is good, man. God is good if you want him to be good. But he's always good anyways. He's always good. Man, I tell you, I'm gonna, there's a lot of cars here. All right, so let's go to uh, uh, verse 18 again. We'll just bite back for, for he had shorn, uh, for ha having shorn his head in uh, Centuria, uh, for he had a vow, verse 19. And he came to Ephesus and left them there, uh, left them, Aquila and Priscilla. But he himself entered into the synagogue. Why did he go to the synagogue? We learned that already, because that was his manner. As his manner was, what did he do? On the Sabbath, he'd go to the synagogue and reason with the people, right? Persuading them to worship God, because Jesus, he proved, is the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one of God that would take away our sins by the shedding of his blood, by dying on the cross, having his passion. Other stories there. All right, entered the synagogue and reasoned with them. Yeah, there he is right there. Reason with the Jews. When they desired him to tarry longer time with them. So you see, Paul, people were asking him, please stay longer, please stay longer. I have that out here on the corner sometimes. Would you stay longer? No, I'm, go I'm gotta go, I'm done. I've been here all day long. You just showed up. You should have come when I got here. You know, people wanna take my time at home I said, I'm on the street 25 to 30 hours a day, a week, 
with my banner, but you want to come to my private home to have ministry? Sorry about that. I've had to cut that out. I've had that happen a lot. And I said, no more, that's gonna happen. Just like on Saturdays, people want to come and visit me on Saturdays. That's my day off. I don't minister on Saturdays. I minister to the Lord. Jesus comes first in my life, but that's my life now. Didn't used to be that way. That's brand new to me, okay? So just pay attention to that, amen? Uh, reason within the synagogue. Uh, when they desired him to tarry longer time with them, he consented not. He said, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. I don't consent to do that. So he didn't do that, right? 21, but bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep the feast that cometh in Jerusalem. That feast was important to him. But I will return again unto you, if God will. And he sailed from Ephesus, and when he had landed at Caesarea, and gone up and saluted the church, saluted the church, I think that's really interesting, saluted the church. Uh, I don't exactly know what the terminology there in the Hebrew of saluting a church, but you know, it's, it's like a greeting, it's like a blessing to the church, and uh, it's really important here. So Melissa just showed up, that's cool. She's the minister here in Boulder, or in Colorado Springs. Saluted the church, and he went down to Antioch, verse 23. And after he had spent some time there in Antioch, he departed and went over all the country of Galatia, Galatia and Pergia, in order, this is why he did it, in order, strengthening all the disciples. So he went from church to church to church, strengthening the believers, the disciples. And how did he do it? 1 Corinthians 14, edify, exhort, and comfort. When you edify, exhort, and comfort, you are building them up. You're not tearing them down. You're edifying them. You're exhorting them to follow the Word of God, and you're giving them comfort by the Spirit of God, the Comforter. Right? Strengthen them. That provides strength. Provides strength. Verse 24. And a certain Jew named Apollos, this is a very important man here, Apollos, born in Alexandria. Now, I'm, I'm going to suppose that this Alexandria is what we're referring to as in Egypt because it's a very wealthy city, very learned city. Uh, the largest library in the world was in Alexandria, the Alexandrian Library, and it was connected to Athens. It was kind of like the, the, from across the Mediterranean, from Athens to Alexandria, Alexandria, Athens, because both were seaport cities there in the Mediterranean. And Alexandria was the heart of humanism, humanism. That's what we're suffering today. Humanism, that go around the world, exalting man to be a God because they're already a God. That's the word human actually means God, man. We're, no, we're not God, man. We're a child of God. Wait, anyways, that's another story. We're man, mankind. We're not a human. We're not a human. We're not a God. That's what uh, Satanism, that's what humanism teaches. That you don't need a God, you are a God. You don't need a God if you're already a God. It's a very wicked teaching in the body of Christ and around the world. All right? From Alexandria, and it might be another city, but that's the only Alexandria I know of. And an eloquent man, eloquent, and mighty in the scriptures, mighty. Think about that, mighty in scriptures, mighty in scriptures. Came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord. So he just did, he wasn't just eloquent, mighty. He was instructed by a mighty man of God who delivered to him uh, a, a gift of the word of God. It's really amazing what was going on in Apollos' life. Amazing. And uh, you can spend some time uh, asking the Holy Spirit about this man, Apollos. A-P-O, 
L-L-O-S, Apollos. Instructed in the way of the Lord. Being fervent in the spirit. He was fervent. Fervent is another word for like on fire. Very zealous. Very in your faith. Very alive with the spirit of God. Fervent. You could say he was on fire. He had fire in his bones. He had fire in his belly. He he was was really amazing. Fervent in the spirit. And he spake and taught diligently. Think about that. Speaking diligently and teaching diligently. And diligently according to the word of truth, the word of God. A lot of things going on here that you need to really think about. That's very, very powerful that's going on in Apollos' life. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. That's what we teach as ministers. We don't take things of the world. That's what preachers are doing today. They teach the things of the world. Man's philosophy, philosophical thinking, how to think, how to be, quote, positive, how to have a positive mental attitude. That's all satanic. So that's what that guy did. He wanted to run over my sign and knock over my bam. Hang on. So that's what happens out here. People hate God. He wants me, he, my banner and my cones are right here. So that bicycle, instead of going on the bike path, you know, the sidewalk, which I'm off, he ran over the sign, hit my cone, and knocked it into the street on purpose. Was that because he didn't notice it? No, it's because he has a devil. Just pointing it out, just pointing it out. I'll intercede for him a little bit later. This man was instructed the way of the Lord, spake to diligently the things of the Lord. Speak on things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. That highlights it right now. In the beginning, Apollos was a Baptist. That's all he knew was John the Baptist's ministry. But he was very diligent in that area. Very diligent. Very, very diligent. But he was a Baptist. He didn't believe in anything. He didn't even know about the Holy Ghost. But nowadays, because we have the Word of God, we have the knowledge of God, and we have the Holy Ghost, you have to make a conscious verbal, physical decision not to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And Baptists make that kind of decision because they don't follow Jesus Christ. They follow John the Baptist. That's what John the Baptist says. There's one coming after me that he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. But people don't want that. They just want the baptism of water for the remission of their sin. And that's why they baptize you. That's why they're called Baptists because they followed John Baptist. And you'll see that a lot of John Baptist's disciples did not follow Jesus. They stayed with John. They didn't go with Jesus' ministry and the apostles and the disciples of Christ. They followed after the teaching of John the Baptist. And they kept building it. It never died. They kept building it. Anyways. Uh, okay. Uh, 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 Aquila. Hang on here. I lost my place. A lot of people yelling at me. Knowing only the baptism of John. Okay, that's all he knew is the baptism of John. We see that in other parts of the scripture. Verse 26, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. This is Apollos speaking boldly in the synagogue. That's what he does, you know, because he's very eloquent and he was taught the way of the Lord. Uh, Whom when Aquila and Priscilla heard, had heard, had heard Apollos speak, Aquila and Priscilla, husband and wife, 
uh, they were baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and they recognized that Apollos did not have the Holy Ghost. They didn't. It's clear. It's clear to me when I see Christians who do not have the Holy Ghost. I can see it. So Aquila and Priscilla had heard. They took him unto him. They took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Not that he was wrong. Baptists are going to heaven. Doesn't mean they're not going to heaven. You can be a Baptist and still go to heaven. I mean, that's not the idea. Receiving the Holy Ghost to be filled and baptized with doesn't mean that only those are going to heaven. That's, that's not true. I know a lot of Pentecostal churches kind of, they try to teach that, but that's not the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But if you want more, like Jesus said, I've come to give you life. However, I've also come to give you more abundantly. More life. Life and life more abundantly, right? And so they showed him a, the way of God more perfectly. More. See, there's the word more. More. Do you want more or do you want not want more? Most people don't want more. Because when you take more on, then that means you have to have more responsibility. And people don't want responsibility. They want everything to be in God's hands. They just want to play. I'm sorry about that, but there's a lot of tons and tons of Christians who don't want more of God. They have a little bit of God, and that's all they want. That's all they want. That's fine, I guess. Not fine for me. I want all of God. Give me more, God. Give me more. Help me to receive more. Help me to grow more. Help me to be more so I can have more. Things like that. All right? And uh, more perfectly, verse 27. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting and uh, disciples to receive him, to receive Apollos, because now he's baptized with the Holy Ghost. They must have prayed with him, and he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Whom, when he has come, helped them much, which had, but which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, mightily. There's a word mightily again, referring to the power of God. See, the power of God was already present in Apollos' life. That was, that's why it was easy for Aquila and Priscilla to see what was going on. So they say, hey, you got it already. Just, just one more step and you got it. Oh, really? And he stepped forward, received the baptism, and began to preach with more power, more authority, more diligently the ways of the Lord. It's a fabulous study of the word of the man Apollos. For he mightily convinced the Jews that of the, and that publicly, publicly. He was a street minister out in the public declaring the word of God like I do at my side. Like I'm doing right now, I'm publicly declaring. Everybody can see me. Everybody can see me. People can, I got two people standing right over to my left. Public is showing up by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Jesus is Christ. Jesus was the Christ of God, the Messiah of God, the anointed one of God that would come as the Lamb of God, that would die on the cross and shed his blood, then be buried. And on the third day, the Father would give Jesus resurrection and he would see no corruption in his body. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that you're saving souls right now. Even as I speak, even now, people are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're baptizing them, Jesus, with your spirit, filling them up to overflowing, giving them power and authority to do the work of the ministry with that power, to lay hands on the sick so they be healed, to be recovered, to cast out devils so the devils will flee, to be able to operate in the nine gifts of your Holy Spirit as you see fit. Because now 
They can speak in tongues. They can do interpretation. They can have a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Uh, they can have a discerning of spirits. They can, you know, all the nine gifts, Lord, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just in case people don't know that. And uh, those are your gifts, not ours. We thank you, Lord. We dedicate this sermon. We dedicate this time. And we just say thank you for whatever you're doing in this message. And we thank you for chapter 18, because this finishes chapter 18. In your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. So tomorrow, tomorrow is the uh, Saturday, so I'll be in Boulder tonight, and then I'll take my Sabbath rest, and then later in the day, the Holy Spirit, by the unction of the moving of the Holy Spirit, I'll sit down at my desk and I'll write next week's Sunday prayer letter. That'll come out Sunday morning, and it'll be on chapter 19 of the book of Acts. All right? So uh, God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care. Bye.